Welcome, everyone, back to The Joseph Carlson Show. On this episode, we have a special episode um, because we're joined by a very prominent Amazon shareholder on Twitter. And I'll go ahead and I'm displaying on the screen right now your Twitter account. Your account name is Bull and it's the, the tag is Amazon Holder One. And you have 3,200 followers. I'm assuming most of them are following you because of your your takes and your your thoughts on Amazon. You're constantly posting stuff about Amazon. So um, I have a lot of questions for you. And I think it'll be fun to go through these. First of all, the uh, would you say that's accurate? Like most of what you're doing on Twitter, you kind of share your thoughts on Amazon or is there any other goal with it? No, absolutely. I, I got on Twitter around November, I would say. I just was fed up with Amazon management. You know, I've I've been in the stock for years. And uh, ever since COVID began, management has just been pitiful at allocating capital. And I, I got on in November and it originally started as just me and a few friends and we'd tag Andy Jassy and tell him what we were thinking. And eventually they did almost everything I said back when I started. I wanted them to split the stock. I wanted them to do a buyback. I wanted them to reduce CapEx, a million different things. And I had read that Andy Jassy reads all the emails from uh, customers that are angry. I I don't know if he reads all of them. I'm sure there's a million of them, but I, I read that he actually sits down and listens to customer concerns. And so I said, okay, well, let me go on Twitter and let me tag this guy and give him my opinion on a few things I would change. Yeah. Um, so you've been in this. You've been in the stock for years. It seems like I'll show on the the screen here just the past five years of performance. Sure. Um, it, this stock seems like uh, one that goes through a period of just underperformance, just total stagnation, and then it's had a couple of good bouts of, you know, have a good run from 2018 or 2017 to 2018, it was up like 90%. But then it stayed flat for over a year, had another little run 70% up, that was pretty good. But now it's been flat for like two years. So uh, that's kind of crazy to me seeing how much the company has moved over that time. Um, And you're trying to highlight the reason that that is? Yeah, I mean, look, yesterday, I posted a chart of Apple versus Amazon from when the pandemic hit. And if you go to, I think it was like May or June or something like that, Apple's up 100% and Amazon's at a 0% return, right? And everyone said, oh, well, Amazon's the big winner of COVID. Well, Apple picked up a trillion plus dollars in market cap since then, and we've added zero. And I think it's just the market telling Amazon, we're really tired of your endless CapEx cycle. If you step back and be objective, Amazon has really not done much in almost five years. Look at where it peaked in uh, 2018 and look at where we are now. And I know everyone's in Amazon for the million growth drivers it has. And, and yes, it has growth drivers that none of these other fang companies have. But at the same time, you run the risk of becoming a GE when you're doing too many things at once, right? And, and yeah. none of them are you know, paying dividends, so to speak, at this point. They're all tremendous ideas, but they take so much capital. And look, Amazon's not a growth company anymore. It's in this category of mega caps that are all over like 1.5 trillion with Google and and Apple and Microsoft. And those companies have these massive shareholder 
return programs, right? Uh, a couple of them have dividends. They have these like 60 plus billion dollar buybacks. And Amazon is just acting like a little growth startup. And that's fine, but you can't do that with the class of investor that Amazon now has. Because the people in Amazon today, they're not there expecting 10x gains from here. They're there for stability and it just doesn't offer it today. Yeah, the thing trades volatile. It's a very volatile stock, especially for uh, the size that it is. Like, sure. I, you know, Amazon looks like it will trade hundreds of, of billions of dollars of market cap in like an hour, which is crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like a penny stock, but it's a one and a half trillion dollar company. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, you have a, I just want to set some foundation here because I know a lot of people that are watching this aren't going to be familiar with you. Um, right. You have a, you're, you're you have a lot of concerns about Amazon that you're very vocal of, but obviously you're very bullish on the company overall because you have a lot of exposure to it. I don't know if sure. you can give like, you know, I don't know what you're willing to or comfortable to give uh, in terms of exposure, um, but you're, you know, is there any gauge of kind of how overexposed to Amazon you are based out of like a yeah. 6% weighting index, right? Is kind of the benchmark. Yeah, absolutely. I I would say... I'm not as bullish as Bill Miller, who's 50% of his net worth is Amazon, but I do have probably, I would say, around 20% of my net worth in Amazon leaps, actually, which I've been rolling over and over okay. for years. And so mine are out to 2024 right now. And come this August, September, when the 2025s come out, I'll roll out again. But um, yeah, it's getting painful here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waiting, a, waiting a long time on it. Okay. Um, all right, so you're very bullish on it. I'm, I'm, we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, I want to know, um, in terms of a lot of Amazon investors are, you know, the earnings are right around the corner. And I want to know your thoughts on Amazon's earnings in comparison to the rest of big tech. Like maybe we start overall, which is kind of what you expect for this week in terms of all of big tech and then and then boil it down to just Amazon. Sure, well... I mean, tomorrow you have Google and Microsoft reporting. Uh, I expect Microsoft to have another great quarter. But look at the chart. You know, the chart is a huge head and shoulders pattern, which is not bullish at all. Now, it could be a false and the stock could break higher. But I'll be honest, it, it, none of these charts in big tech look bullish at all. So I don't know. Microsoft's going to have great numbers. I, I've seen some analyst reports that you know Azure is having a gentle deceleration, but there's there's no such thing as a gentle deceleration because once you start decelerating, you're decelerating until you're not, and the market's not going to treat you well. Um, right. Google has the same issue. They um, I posted a chart last week from Yipit, which is like a third party analytics service. And uh, Yipit shows that this quarter, AWS, this quarter meaning the first quarter, AWS outgrew GCP, which would be, I mean, that would be catastrophic in terms of GCP being a growth driver for Google because, I mean, GCP is a fraction of the size of AWS and it shouldn't be growing at a slower pace. But um, their sample size was only around $5 billion. So you could take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, it might um, not be indicative, but. Um, right. It, actually, in my my thoughts, it makes sense that um, even though Google Cloud is smaller, it might take like they might actually grow slower because of just the cost of acquisition catching up. When the default choice for everybody going to cloud is going to be Amazon or you know Azure, it's going to be one of the Absol two. 
So. Absolutely. And GCP raised prices in the first quarter. That's a big no-no in, in the world of cloud. So I don't know. We'll have to see. But look, two days after I posted that chart, Google had fallen another 10%. So I don't know. Other funds saw that. And uh, I, we'll, we'll have to see what Google does tomorrow. It yeah. is my second largest position. I'm not, I'm not a Google hater or anything. I'm just saying in the short term, it looks like it might have some headwinds. Yeah, I'm, you know, Google is my, uh, it's my second biggest position as well. Um, and I'm, I'm bullish on Google, uh, kind of for different reasons. I think the cloud is a big component of it. Um, but right. you know, they, they have monopoly in so many other businesses. YouTube, obviously sure. I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's, it, there's not a platform. I don't think for, uh, which by the way is smaller than Amazon ads as yeah. of last quarter. That's something I've tried to highlight to people is that I, I hear often like people say, Oh, I want to buy Google because YouTube's so big and it's growing so fast. And it's just because you interact with it. Um, but a right. lot of people aren't even aware. They're not even aware that Amazon advertises on Amazon.com. That they sure. are that adverti- it's an advertising platform. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I see those little like sponsored listings. I'm like, yeah, that's a bigger. Those little sponsored listings are like a bigger company than YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not just those. Like people think it's just those, but Amazon advertising encompasses so much more. Um, you know, they have their IMDB TV, which is like rebranding to Amazon Freevee this week. I, I'm not a fan of the name, but that's what it's rebranding to. And it's this huge, like free platform, kind of like Roku. You could just download the app and it's got, you know, tons of movies and shows. And obviously it's not the greatest content like Netflix, but it's completely free. And yeah. now that Amazon closed that MZM deal, they're moving so much content to it. There's actually some decent content on there. You know, I'm I'm a little older than you are, and you know, some of these movies like Tommy Boy and Office Space and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I do enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right, uh, right. No, they're they're great, and I think they wanted to just have free in the name. I assume with the freebie name. Correct, correct. Um, you know, so I I guess they had they probably had some marketing and. Yeah, look, it's a big that. thing to have free TV because look, you, you talk about Amazon's advertising. Okay, they launched their own televisions uh, October and November, and now those televisions are going out into every home. And you know, Amazon takes a big chunk of advertising on their Fire TVs from other companies as well. So yeah. you know, they got tons of these Fire sticks. Now they have their own TVs. Um, you know, they're advertising through that, through Twitch, you know, Twitch has billions of minutes viewed every month. You can go on a, on a website like Twitch tracker and track all the data. Twitch is, uh, it's a little mini YouTube. It's, yeah. it, it's growing rapidly and, uh, Amazon just has so many levers to pull in advertising. Now they're talking about in-store advertising at Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh. There's just so many things where advertising is going to keep growing and be accretive to the free cash flow for years. Well, why do do you think that this just gets overshadowed by other parts of the company? Because it seems like investors are not paying attention to this. Like the since the advertising business has really uh, like soared, and I've heard headlines about it and stuff. You know, the stock price hasn't moved at all, like not even budged. And I, I feel like it must be something else overshadowing uh, the advertising the business and all these new developments. It is this massive capex. Like I don't think people really grasp how massive this capex is. Okay, like you have people think Tesla is the most innovative company in the world, right? Tesla spent two billion on R and D last year. Amazon spent fifty six billion. Like these numbers are just <laughs> so big that like people can't grasp it. And and 
you talk to people and they think that Amazon's just this like retailer, but all this R and D goes into so many bets. It, Alexa has like something, I think 10,000 people on the team working on it. You know, you think Alexa is just this little thing in your house and you order things from, but there's 10,000 people working on that thing. And then you've got Zooks and then you've got Kuiper and then you've got the walkout tech. And, and now you've got this buy with prime. They just have so much that they're doing. And, and that's what, that's what concerns me. It's, you're doing too many things at once. You know, maybe they can pull it off, maybe, but the market just doesn't care anymore. The market is is just telling them, "Hey guys, can you please make some money already? Like this is getting this is getting old." Yeah, I I feel like it's kind of a some people invest in Amazon because they consider it like a spawning business. Like you're invested in it and they just keep creating new creating new things for their shareholders and stuff, but it is it is crazy at this point. Like looking at their free cash flow um year right. over year. And the fact that it swung into the negative in 2021 to a huge extent, and it was it was trending up before then, but and then I don't even think the free cash flow pr- prior to 2021 was really reflective of the company, their ability right. to generate free cash flow if they wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I have the same concerns about that. Is they don't seem focused on shareholders at all. They don't you know uh, when I when I was doing my research on Amazon and just kind of looking into the company. I think part of my bull case for it, and I don't know if you see it the same way, but my bull case was basically they're not focused on shareholders, and I think they're going to be forced to transition into caring about shareholders and doing a lot of the things like 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 Apple, Microsoft, and Google do: buybacks, stock splits, uh, generating profits and free cash flow. Because um, in my opinion, I think they can if they if they tried to dial dial things to profitability. Right, like everything right now is geared towards. Uh, capex and spending and expansion and scaling and i feel like if they dialed it towards profitability we'd see a lot lot different numbers absolutely i mean you can tell in the last 90 days something's changed inside amazon's management where they're almost in a panic that they have to get the stock up you know there there's a big exodus of talent from aws and it's not that aws is you know losing uh market share or anything it's just amazon isn't the greatest payer but yeah. a lot of people work there because they want a piece of the equity. But when the equity does nothing for two years and these other companies come calling and they're offering you huge bonuses to leave and uh, you, hey, you're well, just sitting there. They might, they might be getting some Netflix employees and uh, <laughs> Facebook employees here soon. Right. But no, I'm serious. In the last 90 days, they've made a series of moves you would never see Amazon make, right? First, they split the stock, right? They panic split it. They split it at the lows. If you look, I'll never forget that day. It was this day like March 10th or whatever it was. Google and Microsoft were up like 5% and Amazon completely lagged like it has for the last year. And after hours, they announced that split. Like I feel like that day they were like, okay, this is it. We're never going up again unless we do something <laughs> drastic. They did it that day. And then they announced the buyback, which is a token buyback. I mean, 10 billion is just like probably buying back the stock-based compensation. But they did those two things. And then if you look throughout the quarter, they did things like they closed down two warehouses that they were about to begin building. Yeah, I right? heard about that. Yep. Right. They did that. Then they closed the unprofitable stores, the Amazon Go stores, the I mean, not the Amazon Go stores, the Amazon Four Star, the mm-hmm. Amazon Bookstores. So they're cutting the unprofitable stuff. And then they did things like they raised um, employee cash comp 100%, right? There's probably a ton of employees fed up with the stock, like, okay, fine, we'll give them a raise. 
And you can just tell these are moves that management's like, God, we have to get this stock up. This is this is really starting to weigh on us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, they got a lot of uh, leeway, you know, a couple of years ago to be able to do investments and not care about the stock price. And like you said, I think it's becoming a main focus now. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of earnings predictions on Amazon, um, right. a lot of people say stuff like, do you think... Uh, EPS is going to be wildly negative next quarter because of the, the Rivian stake. And what we saw last quarter, a lot of people think that Amazon basically got a pass that quarter because of the Rivian stake. It threw the EPS so far into the positive that like, uh, you know, whatever, the market robo buyers and sellers and stuff like bought the stock off of it or, you know, investors kind of like overlooked the CapEx because the EPS was so positive. But a lot of people think that that was just because of the Rivian stake. Do you think that's going to have an effect? How do you view that? I don't. I, look, if you go back to last quarter, uh, we popped like, I, don't, I forgot what it was, like 15 or 17% on like, I think it was like record dollar volume. Like it, I, I don't have the, the chart in front of me, but I remember that day being some massive number of shares and dollar volume. It was, it was one of their biggest ever, if not like the biggest ever. Sure. And what I would say is people that think about Rivian are just, they're wrong. The, the reason the stock popped is because AWS accelerated, right? It grew 40%. And meanwhile, last quarter, Azure and GCP both decelerated from smaller bases. And so we had had this whole fear for so long that like Google and Microsoft were eating away at Amazon mm-hmm. and Amazon completely you know, squash those fears last quarter. And that's why the stock popped 40%. Because look, retail was plus 1%. 1P was plus 1%. And in the past, that would have killed the stock. And I actually think this quarter, 1P will be negative um, year over year. So you- and I, I don't think it will matter as long as AWS accelerates again. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think the market can be dumb sometimes, but I think it's smart enough to, or at, at least efficient enough to factor in that Rivian's not fundamental it's not fundamental to amazon at all uh, look we have to look at the operating income this quarter and rivian rivian will have no effect on that rivian will affect eps right and eps is not something that matters to amazon it's about operating income and free cash flow and so if they make strides on operating income and free cash flow they're not going to have a problem okay if, if the free cash flow and operating income come below what investors are wanting or then we've got issues <laughs> Yeah, then then we got some big issues. Um, you know, the 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 other concern, <clears throat> excuse me, the other concern is uh you said that so you said that you think retail is going to potentially come in year over year comp negative this year? Correct. For one uh, What what is your why do you believe that, I guess? What is your thesis on that? Well, we you could tell it's been decelerating the last couple quarters, right? We had that huge boom during COVID. And then it began to slow. Last quarter is plus 1%. This quarter, uh, you have a loss of a lot of stimulus. Yeah. And uh, I have a lot of big sellers that follow me on Twitter. I mean, guys who sell 10, 20, 30 million dollars a year on Amazon. And you know, I, I, I chat with them regularly. And a lot of them had slower than expected first quarters. Now, those guys are third-party sellers. Those aren't first-party sellers. And it's indicative uh, for, though, right? It is indicative. It is indicative. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You look at the recent credit card data from like MasterCard releases their MasterCard spending pulse every month. And then American Express just had their earnings. The consumer is spending all kinds of money. I mean, they're spending all kinds of money. Now, CNBC will tell you it's like 100% on travel. 
and not yeah. $1 is going to Amazon or anything. I, I don't know. We're going to have to see, but the loss of stimulus is pretty big for Amazon. You know, I, I'm not going to say it's like massive. I, I'm just saying I would say, you know, 1P might decelerate and be minus 1% or something this quarter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a strong possibility. When I look right. at it, um, a lot of the companies that had benefited from COVID that I assumed the benefit would have worn off by now, um, it's still taking longer to kind of like, you know, see that transition and to have them slow down a little bit. <clears throat> so if Amazon's retail benefited from COVID, I could see it slowing down a bit. As Amazon gets faster with these same day deliveries, I, I know in my household, our, our orders are up like 200% from two years ago, just because now we're getting to the point here where you're getting packages in four or five hours. Yeah. And so it's completely eliminating the need of like me running to the store to buy, you know, like a box of Tylenol or something. Right. And what it's doing is you have to have a $35 minimum to get same day delivery. It's like forcing me to buy stuff. I don't necessarily need yeah. right to get it that same day. Yeah. I I've noticed the same thing. My deliveries have been the improvement over the past couple of years has been incredible. Like a couple of years ago, I was being actually becoming more frustrated with Amazon because I'm like, why am I paying for Prime membership when there's not that many primed items? Like there's, it's like one out right. of every like seven items is, is Amazon Prime and I get right. the slower shipping on them. Now, like everything seems like it's primed and they're showing up. Th- I'll order them like one, you know, like a late evening and they'll show up the next morning. I'm like, oh my gosh, do they have a center right next to us? Uh, they must have opened a new warehouse, like right down the street or something because we're getting packages way quicker, quicker than we did a couple years ago. Absolutely. That's, that's been the whole point of this CapEx. You know, Amazon management believes that the faster people can get things, the more they'll order. And uh, it's, it's just expensive to build out that kind of logistics. You know, they, like I, I, I've made posts on Twitter of the square footage that Amazon's built out. And it's crazy. But if you look at their distribution centers, like last year, they added something like 150 million square feet, which is more distribution than like Walmart has. And they did it in one year, right? And they did it the year before their, and they have a ton that more was this year. additional? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so just incremental additional. Wow. Massive. Over 100 million square feet. And they're going to do it again this year too. And so, yeah, they're, they're building out this insane logistics. But look, Last week, they just launched this buy with Prime. And so they're telling you we were building it for a reason, right? Yeah. Now they're going to take Prime offline. And, yeah. and that's what Jassy said during his CNBC interview uh, two weeks ago. He said 85% of commerce is still offline. And so Amazon's now trying to get the customers that aren't using it. And I think it's a big move, man, because think about how many times you go to another website and you want to buy something but you don't want to make a new account. You don't want to input your credit card information. Oh, all the time. I'm super... Exactly. Um, I, I have dual reasons why I don't do that. One is because it's inconvenient, but the other one is because I don't... I, I know how difficult it is to return stuff from like third-party exactly. sellers. Exactly. I don't trust them. So I know with Amazon, I'm going to be able to return stuff. It's a huge... Uh, exactly. Huge and yeah, so... That, uh, I, I'm interested on that note, the <laughs> Amazon expanding expanding their Prime like buy with prime uh, right. for those of you not familiar they added the ability for third-party websites right to have a buy with prime button where you can be on a different website but buy with amazon prime and it's fulfilled through amazon with their with their customer service right correct so 
how does this fit with Shopify? What do you think like Shopify investors are how how what is their bullish kind of take on this? Do they you know oh, like kind of it's kind of the end of Shopify, not not the end of Shopify, but the end of Shopify's potential growth. And I, I, I've been a big hater of Shopify for a long time. I mean, you can go back and see my tweets. But the thing is, the whole Shopify thesis for years was that, okay, it saves sellers a ton of money. But on the other hand, it's customers who are doing all the buying and customers only care about convenience to them, right? It's not like, we're not here to worry about how much we save sellers, right? Yeah. We're, we're here. How quickly does my package come? How easy is it to return it? Like you just said, all those things. And Amazon is just getting involved in that space now. They did it a day after Shopify made that acquisition for like deliver. It was, yeah. uh, they're, they're trying to get into logistics, but look, Sh- Shopify can't do it. They announced this year, their CapEx is going to be 200 million this year. You could never build a logistics network or anything. They, they really, I always thought the end game was going to be Shopify sellers uh, fulfill with Amazon. And that's what this is basically going to do. It's going to take all those smaller websites and they're going to start fulfilling with Amazon because that's what Amazon did, right? They made everyone accustomed to the super fast delivery. And now yeah. if you get a package in like three days from FedEx, you're like, this This was eternity. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, no, so- no one wants that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you forgot even what you ordered and how much you paid for it and how, how long ago it was. Um, right. Yeah, with Shopify, I, I've already heard the bull case. And I was kind of bullish on it like a year ago, to be honest, but I actually right. sold that one uh, before its huge downfall because I was like, I, I went out and listened to like that Twitter space with, I can't remember his name. Um, the guy that sells like a million dollars on Shopify um, okay. and he, uh, or on Amazon and he runs a Shopify store and he's like, look, I can't, I can't make any sales on my Shopify store. Like even if I run ads, people visit the Shopify store, they'll look at the products they want, they'll cross check it against Amazon and buy from Amazon, you know? And Absolutely. since Amazon doesn't let you price it lower, if you want to sell on both, they have those exclusive agreements. Um, he can't sell anything on Shopify. And another thing I was thinking about is Shopify has always pitched itself as, as being like the one that defeat Amazon, right? Like for the small, for the small businesses and Amazon's this bad company that will steal your data, steal your marketing and put other products right next year's, um, all those concerns. If you're really concerned about being placed next to competitors products, if you're concerned about them taking your data, um, on like your, your listings and all of that, uh, I, I don't think that this would have the same concern, just having a checkout button. Um, you have your own website at that point. So um, I think a lot of the distinction that Shopify had prior to this has just vanished. Yeah, look, the, the move is big for Amazon because again, they built out all this square footage and fulfillment capability. The thing with Amazon, I, I, don't, I don't know what you do or don't know. I, I've made posts about it, but basically Amazon charges sellers for storage by the cubic foot. Right. So like right now, when sellers join this buy with prime offline, they're going to have to ship whatever items they want. You you don't have to have all your items with buy with prime. It's actually in beta right now, like AWS engineers and other people are like testing it right now. And so you're going to have to ship your items to Amazon, just like it's on amazon.com. Right. And so you're going to have to pay storage fees for that. And Amazon's going to house your stuff. And when a transaction is made, they're going to ship your stuff out. But Amazon charges you by the day for storage. So when you start sending in inventory, right, mm-hmm. they're collecting rent off of you until it sells. And so it's a, uh, 
it's a huge new business, man, because you're talking so much business offline can now add inventory to Amazon to be there for sale. And it's, it's, it's a really, really big move. And no analyst has really modeled it yet because, I mean, it's almost impossible to model. What, what is yeah. this worth? How, how do you model that? Do you think it'll be a new big line item like their ad business where they break it out and you can look at the, look, the growth of it over time? Yeah. I mean, look, it's like AWS. This is how AWS started, right? How, like, where did AWS come from, right? Amazon built out this thing that fulfilled their needs, right? It fulfilled their needs and then they sold the excess capacity. And now you have this buy with Prime where Amazon built out this massive logistics that fulfills their needs. And now they're selling the excess capacity. Yeah. So it's, I don't you know, warehouse and logistics as a service kind of, they're going to be correct renting out yeah. that extra space. Well, they do that with everything, right? They're doing that with their, like, they're going to be transporting other people's products as well, too. Or like, correct. With FedEx and USPS. Absolutely. Those are big companies. I mean, UPS is like $150 billion market cap. You know, these are big companies, but here's the thing, UPS and FedEx don't house your goods. Amazon's going to take all these websites and these websites are going to have to store their goods with Amazon to get that buy with prime. Cause look, buy with prime means you're going to get it in like, you know, a day. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have to store their goods with Amazon. That's yeah. the big difference is it's creating, you know, all those fees. I mean, I, I've posted before the, I, I believe it's something like 80 cents a cubic foot. That's what they charge to store goods. So you can okay. just think about all these new goods coming in. And then in the fourth quarter, it triples. It's like 240 per foot. So hundreds of millions of square feet housing all this new inventory. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't modeled that business out at all. Like there's so many parts of it. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I model out like the AWS and kind of like sure. the subscriptions and the ads. But there's so sure. many different businesses you can go into. I think that's why it's such a difficult company to understand and model like it just has like you mentioned they just go into so many different things um, sure i i want to uh okay so let me let me think about this for a second i want to go into what um where do you see before we get into kind of like risks and potential downside out of all the various things that amazon does what do you see as like the biggest value in the company like if, if we're looking at this from a valuation uh, Warren Buffett, Benjamin Graham perspective, like where's the deep value in Amazon? Where's the margin of safety? Why would you invest an outsized position in it? Well, I mean, it's all AWS, right? It's all like Andy Jassy said in his interview two weeks ago, 5% of IT spend is in the cloud today. Mm -hmm. And with that, look how big these numbers are from AWS, right? 62 billion last year. I think we're going to be at 85 billion this year. I mean, what happens when 50% of IT spends in the cloud or even 25%, right? These are some huge numbers yeah. and uh, it's really hard. Analysts are so wrong on AWS. Like you look out five years ago, they were modeling 20% growth for last year. Obviously they didn't know COVID was going to come, accelerate things, whatever. But analysts have a hard time because they they always think things have to regress over time. Yeah. And that's not necessarily like mean, true. Mean reversion and decelerating, right. you know, all of that. Right. Even this year, Credit Suisse, I posted a chart the other day. They have AWS at 19% growth in Q4. I, I, like if AWS yeah. grows at 19% in Q4, I might sell my stake because that would just be a massive disappointment. Yeah, that's, that's a really quick reversion back to where they were. Right, uh, right. I think that's unlikely. Uh, 
But yeah, no, it makes sense. I have a, a, a buddy that works for a publicly traded company um, that does about $2 billion of revenue per year. And um, they sell they sell software. It's like a, a tech company. And he sure. said that, that it was about a year and a half ago, their team, their developers, like they, they wanted to st- stop moving, stop doing their own IT spend and put it on a cloud provider. And they they literally run their company off of Microsoft, right? They all use Microsoft Teams. Um, their whole accounting team uses Word and Excel and, all, you know, the whole suite of products that Microsoft offers. Um, after they went and talked to their developers and had all of them run analysis on which companies to go through for cloud, they went with AWS. They still, despite the fact they had all, like, all these things that could mi- um, migrate with Azure, they still chose AWS over it. Now, I don't know the specific reasons why, but he said their company went with that. And they're like thrilled about it. Over the past year and a half, not having to worry about their own IT, uh, their own IT problems, um, they've been moving more and more to the cloud. So they're, putting the, they're basically running all of their IT on Amazon now, uh, and they just signed a three-year contract. So I think we're going to see more stuff like this, where anytime a big company is wanting to move more to the cloud, and they do analysis on like which one has, you know, which one has the best infrastructure, the biggest toolkit. Uh, Microsoft might win some of them. Google Cloud might incentivize companies to go with them. I think it's less likely, but I think the majority of them are going to continue to pick AWS. So, and I think that's difficult to model. It, it is very difficult to model. But more than that, you have to just think of like corporate America, like making that decision to stay on prem versus going to AWS. That could be the end of your career as an executive, right? Yeah. Like that could be a career ending move if something goes wrong on prep. And so it, moving to AWS, all, all these companies are giving bonuses for cost savings, all those things. And it's just, it's safer over there. You know, when you're on prem, so much can be wrong, right? You, you could completely model uh, the usage wrong and, and you're overpaying or whatever. When it's pay as you go, it's perfect. There's no, you're, you're not overpaying for anything. And so, you know, it, it, it's just really hard to make a case against why a company should be in the cloud. Yeah, no, for sure. So you view AWS as, as just a key component of this company. That's the real, that's the thing that attracted you to Amazon as an investment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't own Walmart or Target or any of these, you know, retail is just something I have to put up with to own a piece of AWS. Okay. But I, I think AWS in the long run, is probably the single best business in the world. I, I know a lot will say Google AdWords, um, but AWS is like a giant utility company, right? It's like, it's this huge utility company and you have to pay your bill every month once you're yeah. on board. And, you know, it, it's like your home, right? Bad times, are you just going to like turn off the electricity? I mean, no, I mean, yeah. AWS like powers the internet, you know, a huge chunk of it at least. Yeah, I, you can't you can't turn it off. I mean, their company's running on it, and and even besides companies, like everything that everybody uses is running on it. Uh, uh, on that note, so I think most people would agree with you that cloud cloud is an amazing business. But from the outside perspective, a lot of people look at Amazon as just kind of like first, you know, it's kind of like Netflix. It's like they got the first mover advantage. They're, they're, it looks very good for them right now because they're the biggest and they're kind of chugging along. But you right. got you got the HBO catching up. The, you, you know, you got the Microsoft, you got the Google, you got Oracle, you got Salesforce, and so on and so forth. And now a lot of people view it as just kind of like a commoditized thing where you have all these competitors. Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
I don't see much competition coming because this costs a lot of money, right? This isn't like a, a space where you're going to have like a startup get into the cloud and uh, come at Amazon or Google. Like these data centers cost a fortune to build. Uh, Amazon had a six-year head start when it began with the cloud, right? Before Microsoft got on. Right. And the way customers are so sticky on there, it's going to be really difficult to get customers to leave. I, I saw one guy the other day tweet at me that he thinks the future of cloud is going to be like T-Mobile, where Microsoft is going to uh, pay people to switch. Like, I don't think people get what these egress costs are. They're yeah. so massive that like nobody's going to leave AWS to go to Google Cloud or something. Right. So it's like a land grab. Like you're out there every day and Amazon's landing these just massive deals. I mean, just look at last year, how many huge deals they landed with like the NASDAQ, um, yeah. like the one with Dish Network. Dish Network said they're going to be AWS's biggest customer uh, wow. in like another year. These are huge, huge deals. And I think uh, people overthink things. This isn't a commoditized space. Uh, commoditized space would be advertising like google adwords right like those are losing efficiency and here we are we're running into an economic slowdown are people going to keep paying for them I, I don't know there's a lot of fears that's what the analysts are modeling that google ads are going to have a slowdown yeah uh i i don't see that for the cloud right now we're still in the first standing so to speak of cloud and the companies that are really getting decimated like your netflix and your facebook they're kind of in the ninth inning of what their companies can do you know that's yeah. why facebook's spending so much on metaverse and uh yeah, it's, amazon's it's, not uh, there in cloud they're not there yeah um another thing that i think's indicative of how difficult it is to be there is google uh google is doing everything they can to gain customers they're, they're not just getting them organically like microsoft and microsoft right. gets them because they already have a connection with so many businesses they can incentivize sure. them to migrate um, Amazon just because it's like the default choice, but I feel like Google, they have to like go go an extra level to incentivize companies to use them, and so their customer acquisition cost I think is much higher than Amazon's. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the same time frame where Google is today, AWS was wildly profitable, so Google's right. a little behind, and I, I think that's why they panicked and they raised prices in Q one. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out. I, I I don't know, but I know you can't raise prices when Amazon cut prices 111 times or whatever since AWS began. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's it uh, okay. So AWS by far, I, I you know I think most people agree that's like the best part of the business. Um, outside of that, what are you most bullish on? What are your what's the biggest? What's the best part going on? Well, you know, obviously advertising is is. Is probably even more profitable than AWS going forward. It probably is. But for me, I think it's the just walkout technology that they're just starting to deploy. I, For me, that kind of has limitless licensing potential, right? Because it's like, look at retail stores all over the place. And right. Amazon's got 35 of these actually up and running right now. And I, I, I've used it many times. It's... You're it's talking incredible. about like the Amazon. Uh, um, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, there's no cashiers." But, but right. I, know, I went to Sam's Club and they have self checkout, right? Um, so you're right. talking about Amazon's go checkerless store. Like, there's no checkout at all. What you're talking about with Sam's is you got to scan every item, right? Okay. Yes, you got to do that with Amazon. 
they, they've launched this just walkout technology and, they, and they've had it deployed like for five years now. For They first started with their Amazon Go stores, which is like little convenience stores, right? And then now they're doing it in these huge like grocery stores. They launched a brand called Amazon Fresh, which is like a lower end, like Kroger level grocery store, right? Like they have Whole Foods, the high end brand, and now they've got this like low end brand. And what it's doing is, you know, you look at Amazon in the US, they've got like 160 million users. Right. But the lower income users aren't very big on Prime. And so now they're they're going at those users with these grocery stores. And so these grocery stores have no cashiers. You just you walk in, you put your groceries in the cart and you leave. Right. It's like the most fascinating thing, yeah. but you've got to have an Amazon account. And so they're slowly starting to license this stuff out. They've got them in a couple stadiums. Right. They don't they're not even branded as Amazon. Like they have them at the Seattle arena where the hockey team plays. They've got them in Boston where the Celtics play. Uh, last week in Houston, they opened two of them where the Astros play. How do you know uh, it's self-check? Like, what do you do? I have never been to one of these. They don't have any around me. Does there's a ton of videos like, on YouTube, by the way. OK, so I, I just need to walk. I, I think this will be a transition for people to catch on to it. Right. Like kind of a learning curve. Actually, it's not even a learning curve. You, you literally, you go to an Amazon Fresh store. Uh, they op- they're actually opening about one a week right now for the last like month and a half. Okay. Um, you just, you get there. They have someone at the front that explains to you what you do. You just open your Amazon app on the phone, right? Pretty okay. straightforward. You scan it on the dash cart. The dash cart's like this highly sophisticated grocery cart. And like literally as you're picking things up in the store and putting them in your basket, it's like automatically building this virtual cart and then at the end, you just walk out and it bills you for what you took. Oh, that seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> and Amazon, no, Amazon has said they've lowered the cost of running a grocery store from $4 million to 159000 How is massive that, of a savings is that? Yeah. Uh, you're t- so that's talking about not having as many employees around to do checkouts and stuff? Correct. Yeah, just Correct. It. So they're trying to turn traditionally a low margin business into a slightly like a higher margin business then? Well, it's not just groceries though. Like this stuff has applications everywhere. Like, like I was saying, like the Hudson nonstop stores and airports, a bunch of them are starting to use it. And so that's like magazines and drinks at airports, whatever. Like I said, at the sports arenas, they're doing it too. And you know, you can go buy merchandise and do everything, anything retail related, right? If you want to minimize slippage, you want to minimize theft, uh, you want to reduce payroll costs, whatever this type of tech is like, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And you have to have an Amazon Prime membership, even if you no, use this tech at a non... For the grocery stores, not for the non-Amazon business. Okay, okay. Like I, in I, Vegas, I, in Vegas, they have at the New Resorts World, uh, they have a gift shop there and you just put your credit card in the door and you just walk in. Okay, makes sense. Um, I, yeah, I get... That's not covered much. Like I don't see analysts looking at that or anybody looking at that tech at all. It's just kind of like... <laughs> Like you know people just is, view it as a silly side project for Amazon. Amazon can't discuss it, right? Like Amazon's like the most hated company on earth, right? By politicians. Yeah. If Amazon comes out and says, hey, we have this incredible tech and we're going to wipe out cashier jobs over the next 10 years, right? Yeah, like you good. would, have, <laughs> you would have Bernie Sanders like screaming from the roof <laughs> about what, you know, we got to end Amazon like today. So like everything else, Amazon just stays quiet, right? But these Amazon fresh stores are popping up all over the place. And there's a ton of videos on YouTube. I mean, you, you can check them out, but it's, it's tremendous what they're doing. And when it extrapolates into other 
um, segments of the retail industry, I mean, the, the potential is just massive for licensing. Yeah, no, I, I think, I, I mean, that's the way it's going to be. Like, if you look out 10 years, we're not going to have a ton of people. It's already progressing that way step by step. It makes sense. We went from having cashiers do everything to now having right. self-checkout. The next step is to have no checkout and to have AI and, and uh, cameras and stuff do that. So to me, it's, it's going to happen. I think Amazon sees that and they're just going to say, well, we're going to be the ones to do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, they don't disclose what they charge these other venues uh, for yeah. using it. But if Amazon's telling you they themselves are saving like $3.8 million running a, uh, a grocery store, I mean, what's it worth to a business? I mean, would Kroger pay 20000 a month for it per location? Yeah. I mean, I would if I ran that kind of business. Yeah. If it saves that much, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, what, what other, uh, before I move on to, to risks, what other like, you know, they have so many long shot bets. Like what are your thoughts on uh, Zooks, for instance? I think Zooks has, you know, it's funny. A week ago, Tesla had its earnings and Elon Musk announced, Hey, we're going to have a car with no pedals and it can go in both directions. And everyone was like, Oh my God, Elon Musk is the smartest guy in human history. And I, I pointed out that like, you know, Zooks has been doing this for like years and even like Zooks, like, like my comment on Twitter, (laughs) they came and they liked it and they were laughing and it it was the truth. I mean, Amazon's further ahead there than Tesla, right? Zooks is like testing in Vegas. It's, it's, it's live. And so I don't hold Tesla right now uh, individually, but, but let me argue for the on Tesla shareholder behalf, because I know exactly what they'd say. They say it's easy to come up, you know, just like EVs, many, many companies come up with concepts and ideas, and they might even come up with a good like beta, but it's all about the scale, the manufacturing power. And so that's where, that's where Tesla's in the lead is um, if they actually create one, like a Zooks style car, they can manufacture it. Absolutely. Look, here's my thing. Elon Musk is brilliant, right? Tesla's, they're neat cars, whatever. But go back, right? We we had the Tesla Semi announced, I think, in like 2017. Still doesn't exist, right? He, You have the Tesla Roadster. People paid a quarter million dollars, paid in full, I want to say in 2018. Still doesn't exist. Um, The Cybertruck announced in 2019. Still doesn't exist. And so Tesla can do all these things, sure, it's going to have to go through a massive CapEx cycle like Amazon did because they just don't have the manufacturing capability today to build all these things. Like they have all these great ideas, but they're so far away from actually like executing on them. You you know, if you look at Tesla right now, AWS does more revenue and profit than Tesla. Yeah. Right. And so (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate Tesla. Amazon is mostly because just the numbers, I I feel like they have. Uh, I, like I get all these guys on my Twitter, like, "Oh, you, you know, you're a Tesla hater." I'm like, "I'm not a Tesla hater, guys. I'm just a rational person." Like, yes, Tesla can do all these amazing things over the next decade, but for right now, for right now, it's really just not that big of a company for the valuation you're paying. And so, like, you know, Amazon was once way ahead of its its stock price, right? Go to yeah. COVID 2020. We got to 3,500. We've done nothing for two years. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, this kind of stuff. Exactly. So that kind of stuff happens. It's it's not a big deal. I'm not saying Tesla is going to be bankrupt or anything. Just the stock is way ahead of where it should be, and it's pricing in a lot of future. Yeah. Um, no, I I agree. I my big thing there is it's just I I agree that's a great company, 
good future, but the valuation is is tough for me to wrap my head around. Uh, right. Now, okay, so let's move on to, we got earnings coming up. Uh, do you consider this like a vital earnings? Like, is this going to change your your thesis on, on Amazon? It's not going to change my thesis, but it is a vital earnings because look, we're, this is going to be Andy Jassy's fourth earnings call, right? As CEO. Okay. And He's never even been on one of these calls, which is like, that's one thing that just frustrates me with him. And one of the reasons I got on Twitter, it's like, you can't keep, you know, spending more and more CapEx. And then we guide down every quarter. It's like, what are we spending all this CapEx for? Like, can can someone give us an answer? Like, you just tell us to keep waiting and it's going to pay off. But here we are, two years, no movement. Revenues keep going higher. EBITDA keeps going higher. Every metric is getting better. But the stock does nothing, and, and the market's losing confidence in all your investments. So I'd like to hear from Andy. Like I'd like him to sit there and take you know questions from analysts because you look at Facebook, you look at Google, Microsoft. The CEOs are all there on the calls, and so yeah. I, I think it's a weird thing that Andy doesn't do that. But um, I, I will say, especially when the stock's flat, I could see if the stock was up one hundred percent. He's like, I don't, have, you know, who cares? I don't need to be there. Everybody, all right. the shareholders are happy. But when it's flat, right. it's like, you got to come and explain yourself, you know? Exactly. Uh, exactly. I, I just, I think for me, the things I'll be looking for this quarter are, did AWS accelerate? I think it did. Um, you think I'd it like accelerated to see. past the 40%? No, no, but accelerated from Q1 2020. I, I, I mean, from Q1 2021, I, I would say it's going to be in that 38 to 40% range. Okay. Over 40%, I would be like stunned. If it, went, yeah. if it was like 42% or something, I would be blown away. But um, no, I, I think it's going to be in like the 38 to 40% range. Okay. Uh, I'd like to hear that we're slowing down the retail capex. You know, the last call, they said, like two analysts pressed them. One analyst pressed them and they completely ignored him. And then like the next analyst followed up with the same question. So you could tell like the investor relations guy got kind of pissed off. And so he answered them and he said, basically, when you break down the CapEx, 40% is for AWS. And then he said, a big chunk is for AMZL, which is their transport network. And then he said, the retail CapEx would fall in line with retail growth. So if, if retail is going to slow, does that mean retail CapEx is going to completely slow too? And if so, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for less spending on the retail business. That, that, that business is like an albatross, right? Yeah. It, it's like, I know there's a million things and we're expanding by with Prime and all these things, but like, I just don't care. You know, like yeah. I just like focus on AWS Let's, you know, let's up the buybacks and, and look, let's just do what, what stocks are supposed to do, you know, like yeah, no more of this, point, like give return money to shareholders at some point. Exactly. You know, and, and look, none of the big shareholders are there for this retail business. That's what makes this so painful. It's like you're watching all this CapEx go to this retail business. E- even the AWS engineers, right? They're working on like the world's greatest project right now. And they're stuck with their compensation tied to this crappy retail business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you even broke down the like Amazon, AWS would be looked at so differently because if you look at the growth of Amazon overall, the slow, huge, massive revenue growth from retail um, showed that the whole company's not really growing at a quick pace. But you look at AWS and it's growing 40%. It's growing double the speed of Microsoft. Um, it, so if you broke the companies apart, they would have completely different valuations on them. Like, <laughs> what, do you think they, what, what do you think the market caps would be if you broke AWS off from the rest of the business? Like out of the 
what, what do you think the divide would be? If, if AWS was a separate business, it would be worth more than Tesla just because it does more revenue. It does more profit. And I, I know Tesla bulls won't agree, but I, I think AWS has a bigger and brighter future than Tesla. You know, Tesla is okay. going to face competition from a million car makers and Amazon's just not. They, they have to deal with Microsoft and Google and that's about it. So, you know, going forward, I, I could see 10 years from now where AWS is doing half a trillion in revenue by itself. Yeah. And so if Tesla's 1.1 trillion, I think AWS would be higher. But I, I, I think analysts look at Amazon the wrong way. Like you'll hear on Tuesday, oh, Amazon's revenue was down. That, that's because of of the 1P retail being like half, right? Yeah. If you look for me, the most important number is services, okay? Services means your 3P business plus your subscriptions plus um, AWS plus advertising, okay? And last year, last year, services were $231 billion by themselves. That's bigger than Microsoft, okay? Yep. And that grew, that grew, uh, something like 33% year over year. That's huge growth in the segments that matter, right? So I, I don't look at the overall retail number because half of it is just this low margin retail yeah. stuff. So I, I'm not concerned with it. The services number is the one that matters to me. Okay. And what do, what do you think is the biggest risk coming into this quarter and going forward with Amazon? What, is, what are uh, the biggest, the, they, like, they you know, what could ramp CapEx? Story? They ramp CapEx again. Because look, so you think now, self-inflicted. It's not something yeah. another. You're either, you know. Usually, when people look at stocks, they think the biggest risk is something another company can do to it. No. Um, with Amazon, you're saying it's a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, I mean, what happens if they say, "Okay, well, you know, Amazon Fresh is working. Now we want to build a thousand grocery stores." Right? <laughs> like, like what happens if they say, "Okay, we want to go after Kroger." You know, we and, and like that's what would kill me because it's like, yes, walkout tech is a huge deal. But at the same time, I don't want to get into the grocery business. You know, yeah. like I just, I want you to license this stuff out, right? Yeah. But I don't want you to physically go build all these grocery stores. Yeah, well, Microsoft is good at that. They kind of stay away from the low margin stuff. They're like, exactly. they, they keep very, you know, they have some connection to it, but, right. but not a lot. Um, I, I think Amazon, like I said earlier, my biggest risk to them is they get into too many things. They, they are just doing too many things and they all sound great. And I'm sure many of them will work out, but they just need to focus. They just need to focus. Like, I, I don't know if you remember GE, right? There yeah. was, there was like a joke back in the day that like, you can't describe what GE does in one sentence. And that's kind of where Amazon's, you know, yeah. you, you're getting that point with Amazon where you just can't describe what they do because they do 8 million things. You know, one analyst joked that Amazon's TAM is global GDP. I mean, that's yeah. like literally because like they just do everything. Yeah, they, they really do. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Like it's good that they have lots of verticals that they can grow into, but at a certain point they got to prove to shareholders that it's worth it. Um, right. You know, so uh, that's kind of the same way that I view it. I think that Amazon's, um, I, I feel like the earnings should be reflective of what AWS is doing, the ads biz business, um, and probably some macro stuff going on right now. I, um, in, in terms of valuation, I have Amazon right now. When I do like a sum of the parts valuation, um, I think I sent it over to you. I have it somewhere sure. around like like forty eight hundred is what what I think it's worth. Like on a pretty, and that's not like pie in the sky. Like I'm giving everything super high multiples and expecting everything to be above expectations. 
that's just when I do like a conservative valuation compared to everything else in the market. So what what are your thoughts on like, just like a, a real valuation in terms of some of the parts or breaking down the different parts of Amazon? Have you looked at that? I absolutely have. Absolutely. And I, I said on Twitter, I, I put my valuation at 5,500. I, okay. I think somewhere between two and a half and three trillion. I think Amazon should be worth more than Apple, right? Apple right now is 1.2 trillion more, which is like, yeah. I mean, that's insane to me. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, Apple's a tremendous company, but in terms of growth, I mean, they're nowhere near what Amazon is and what it can be. Right? So you think Amazon should be the biggest company in market cap in the world right now? It should be. It absolutely. I mean, look, man, this stuff like logistics and and AWS. I mean, they have built out so much. It's like, like at this valuation of one point four trillion, you're just really like valuing Amazon at like nothing, right? They spent eighty billion over the last two years on capex. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're building so much stuff. They have so much stuff in the pipeline. The market is just putting them on ignore until they show us some free cash yeah. flow. But if I was to say, you know, I, I saw your numbers. I, I think five fifty five hundred is probably around the number I would say, just okay. because um, it's hard to look at Amazon and, and look at today's share count and think it's going to be in the same place like two years from now, right? Yeah. When you get to this size, you have to start buying back stock. There's nothing left, That's right? That's the like, biggest thing that I think is helping Apple right now is right. Tim Cook just sits there and hits the buyback button every every second of every day. Anytime sure. someone sells a stock, Apple has the cash flow to just buy it back. Uh, 20 billion a quarter you know so they're in all the dividend funds as well as a growing dividend company like they just have goodwill will with everyone right now like they just created goodwill with every class of investor look i think amazon did that split they did that 20 to 1 split specifically because they wanted dow jones invite same with google right the dow jones people don't know this it's price weighted Okay. And yeah. what that means is you look at the Dow Jones, like United Health is like the biggest component because of its price, right? It's way up five, 600 bucks, whatever it is. I don't even, I honestly don't even follow the Dow Jones yeah. at all. And so um, Amazon and Google couldn't get in the Dow Jones at, at 3000 a share because, you know, they, they would have to be like 20% of the Dow Jones and they don't want that. And so I think they both split to that like 150 range, uh, actually lower now because they want the Dow Jones to invite them. And I really do think later this year, they're going to get that Dow Jones invite. And I think it's going to give you like a different class of shareholder, right? Like right now, right now, Amazon's in all the growth funds. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's in there with your Netflix, your Shopify, whatever. And so when those names get killed and those funds start seeing redemptions, they got to sell their Amazon as well. You know, they, they have to start trimming and trimming. And so we're a growth stock We're we're tied with those. And I think Amazon and Google realize that like Microsoft and Apple have more stability, um, paying a dividend, being in the Dow Jones, it's a different class of shareholder. And I think they both want that. Oh, well, um, yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, well, hopefully, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll have you on again and see how things turn out this this week. <laughs> uh, I I uh, hope it goes well, man. I mean, I really cannot imagine. I mean, the, from a valuation standpoint, we really cannot go much lower. I mean, at one point four trillion today, that, that's a laughable valuation for what Amazon is. Yeah, you, you just need you just need a call where they quit telling us to keep waiting for two quarters down the road, right? Yeah, like we're in a market now where. 
People are concerned what's going to happen six months from now. Nobody cares about that. That's why every growth name is killed. They want to see what you're doing right now. So I'd like to see Amazon tell us the CapEx is slowing. Maybe maybe they get to free cash flow a quarter sooner. You know, most people think it's going to be Q3, but maybe they can get it to Q2. I don't know, but this is a huge call for them. And I would be incredibly disappointed if it went the wrong way. Yeah, no, me too as well. Um, well, hey, I have a lot of it, you know, I, I put a lot into Amazon. So I'm going to hopefully over the next three years, we'll make some money on it. <laughs> so, hopefully, so hopefully, at some hopefully point, it will break out of this. <laughs> um, well, hey, I, I uh, should wrap it up there. But I appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts. Cool. No, thanks for having me. It was yeah. a good time. Uh, talk to you next time. All right, man.